Thank you, Graham. Uh, good morning. We're back from holidays, so we haven't uh, we haven't been around for a few weeks, but uh, it's good to be back and um, good to have the opportunity to share. Uh, Anne, I uh, I really enjoyed what you had to share, and uh, as I talk today, you touched on a couple of the points that uh, that I want to highlight today. So it's very interesting how. God works and uh, and puts things together. Has anyone noticed the uh, the new sign out the front? What do you remember? What it says? It says uh, exercise more, eat healthy, drink more water, pay off debt. Brian, that's a good one. And what's the last one? Get eternal life. Isn't that good? I thought that was a terrific sign um, because this time of the year people do tend to make uh, New Year's resolutions about what they're going to do and uh, often it's to do with money, it's sometimes to do with our health and uh, our weight and so on and uh, so forth And uh, uh, but I love that one on the end. I reckon there'll be a lot of people who will drive down the street, they'll read that and all of that will that will really get into their subconscious, get eternal life. Um, because all those other things, they're all good to pursue, but they're really nowhere near as valuable as the last one. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to see that if we get any feedback from, uh, from that. What does the year ahead look like for you? Uh, now, uh, most of you, your New Year's resolutions, if you made any, have probably been broken by now because they tell us statistically that by about the 14th of January most people have abandoned whatever they, whatever the good intentions uh, that they had, they've gone, uh, which, is, uh, which is sad. Um, is there anything that might help us this year to, um, to perhaps lock in some things that might develop some better habits in our lives. And that's the sort of thing I want to be thinking about this morning. Ephesians 5, uh, 15 and 16 tells us, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because we live in evil days. And today I, I want to just give you a few um, sort of heart-building habits that might be useful uh, into the year that uh, that we're we're moving forward into, um, we'll touch on that section that we read in uh, Acts a little bit later. Uh, we'll come back to that. Hebrews ten and verse twenty five tells you this: uh, Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the first thing I want to encourage you about is make sure that you regularly go to church this year. Now you've got to be intentional about that because it's easy to get out of the habit especially uh, like we're probably half our number today and there'll be legitimate reasons why people haven't come today but there'll also be some pretty lame half-hearted reasons. Uh, Arts Australia Day, don't think I'll bother, I'll take the day off. There'll be those sorts of reasons and we will all face that sort of challenge as the year unfolds. There'll be the temptation to say, I won't bother going this week. It won't matter. Well, I want to say to you, it does matter. 
It matters to everybody else when you're not here and it will matter to yourself and we'll talk about that. Uh, We need to be here. You're vital to the church family and uh, some people, even maybe today, you might be here because in a sense you were, you know, cajoled into coming. You Somebody insisted that you came today and that you weren't all that interested in doing it but you've done it anyway. Uh, there might be lots of reasons why people come. Uh, you might have come along today and then noticed in the uh, in touch that I was speaking and you thought, <laughs> should, should not have come today. But... <coughs> I want to suggest to you that, uh, you know, if you pray before you come, if you ask God to minister to you through what is sung, through the music, through the chairman, through the message that's shared, you will get a lot more out of it. You will. Um, If you just take it, day at a time, never give much thought to it and think, well, you know, he's not a very good speaker, I don't think I'll bother coming today. Uh, In reality, you rob yourself and you rob the rest of the fellowship. Luke uh, 4 and verse 16 tells us this. Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. One of the habits that the master had was to go to church. So why is it that we would think that it's not important to do it? It is vitally important that we spend time together because we need you here. You know, it's a good choice to make this year to say, I need to be part of the fellowship. I will go even when sometimes I don't really want to go. Will you pray that God will encourage you to come more this year? Will you pray that you will be blessed when you come and that you will be a blessing to others? We all have something to contribute to the life of our church here. That's why it's so important that we make the effort and we come. The second thing I want to remind you of um, is that we need to watch our mouths. And when Anne was speaking... She said that uh, she had a friend and at some particular point she was tempted to say something and her friend turned that around very quickly and encouraged her that that probably wasn't the most helpful thing. And I want you to be thinking about that because uh, somebody wisely said once, uh, if we watch what goes into our mouths and what comes out of our mouths, we won't get into too much trouble. And I think that's a pretty good principle. Um, It does a lot for the waistline and it also does a lot for the people that we communicate with. So it's a a good principle. Ephesians 4 and 29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Um, Stuart, could you read Luke 6 and 45? Uh, Luke 6 and 45 Uh, tell us what that says Um, 
Thank you. I've written down here uh, from the NIV because I'm not sure if that's a Scottish Bible you've got. Um, It says, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart his mouth speaks. Does it frighten you sometimes when you utter something in a flash and then you think to yourself, where did that come from? Why did I say that? It just shows what, what is in the heart and, and given the right set of circumstances, it will come out. Um, you beat a person to the parking spot or you jump the queue in the supermarket or something like that and you just see how quickly things can get out of hand. Road rage is it's unbelievable now, isn't it? I mean, almost every day you see something quite aggressive on the road and it just shows that we're just we're so uptight, we're so angry. Um, I'm not sure what the reasons are but we can be guilty of it as well. And the word tells us that that's not the way we as God's people ought to be. I want to encourage you, don't lose your temper because I can assure you nobody else wants it. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. James 3 um, and verse uh, 1 to 12 talks about the tongue. And we won't read that now, uh, but I want to remind you that that vividly... um, Uh, paints a picture that the tongue is just such a small part of the body uh, but it's very hard to control and it would be a good habit if you decided uh, that you wanted to read uh, James 3, 1 to 12 once a week that would be very helpful that would be as good as a krill oil tablet for you once a day if you were to take uh, take that to heart I want to read to you from the study book that we had on James something that was said about the tongue if I can find it here, I did have it open Um, the context in the introduction to the study that we did on the tongue this is what they said about the tongue and about that section in James the tongue is unique it is a tattletale that tells on the heart and discloses the real person not only that but misuse of the tongue is perhaps the easiest way that we find to sin. Uh, There are some sins that the individual may not be able to commit simply because they don't have the opportunity. But there are no limits to what one can say, no built-in restraints or boundaries. In scripture, the tongue is uh, variably described as wicked, deceitful, perverse, filthy, Corrupt, flattering, slanderous, gossiping, blasphemous, foolish, boasting, complaining, cursing, sensual, contentious, vile. And that list's not extensive. That's not exhaustive. That's not the full length. That's not the full list, but it's a, oh, not too complimentary. Um, no wonder God put the tongue in a cage, behind the teeth, walled in by the mouth, you see? <laughs> so, that's how much trouble we can get into when we open our mouths. If we're just not sensitive to being careful about what we say. 
not surprisingly, the tongue is of great concern to James, being mentioned in every chapter of his letter. He uses the tongue as still another test of living faith because the genuineness of a person's faith will inevitably be demonstrated by his speech. James personifies the tongue and the mouth as representatives of the depravity and the wretchedness of the inner person. The tongue can only produce what it is told to produce by the heart where sin originates. In summary, James teaches that true believers will possess a sanctified tongue yet they must maintain a sanctified tongue. He gives three compelling reasons for controlling your tongue. It's potential to condemn, it's power to control and it's propensity to corrupt. Wow. Whew, what a list. Um, But isn't it true? So easy to use our, our voice in the wrong way. Will you ask God to help you to use your words to build up and encourage people rather than allowing your words to wound and heal. Think before speaking is always a good principle. I like the story that Chuck Swindle put in one of his books, the book called Come Before Winter, when he was talking about people being tactful and careful in the way that they speak. Now, some of you will know the story. I I think it's a good one. Uh, A wife goes away on a trip and the uh, same day she goes away, her dog dies. She rings home, calls her husband to see what's happening at home and the husband uh, blurts out, the dog is dead. So the wife is distraught, of course. She's in tears, angry at her husband for being so thoughtless, so tactless. And the husband replies, well, what should have I said? The wife says, you should have broken the news to me gently in steps or stages. The first night you could have told me the the dog is on the roof. Uh, The second night you could have said he's fallen off the roof. And on the third night you could have said he's at the vet. And then when I rang on the final night you could have then told me that the dog is dead. So the husband thought he was getting the hang of this And uh, when the wife asked, how's my mother? (laughs) To which the husband replies, she's on the roof. (laughs) Just depends how we use our tongue. Ephesians 4.15 says that we should speak the truth in love. Many a person has been wounded by the thoughtless words uttered in haste and not in love. Proverbs 12 and 18 says this, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue, uh, sorry, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You can never get back a reckless word. The damage is done. Do you realise that your speech often portrays you? For example, um, you can pick up where a person is from by their accent. Stuart, when he spoke this morning, PC, when he led us here, you, you know by their accent that they're not from here. You talk to Ivy and Renz or you talk to Cathy uh, and Andy when they come to church with us here and worship, you know that, that they're not originally from here because their speech um, indicates something different to what we're used to. You know, it's not a problem when our speech gives us away, but it's a real problem when our speech resembles anything but a Christian. 
Um, Peter cursed so much on the night that he portrayed Jesus that the crowd never bothered to doubt that he really was with Jesus. And that's scary stuff. That a person who professes to be a Christian can have such a tone to their speech that people would never guess that they belong to the Lord. We need to guard very carefully that that's not true of us. Are you interested in communicating God's uh, love and building bridges to attract others to him? Well, you start with your speech. Don't worry if people uh, guess that you're a Christian. The thing to worry about is when they would never guess that you're a Christian by how you speak. If they could never guess that you belong to the Lord, that's a concern something to be concerned about. James describes the tongue as something no man can tame. On the 24th of February 2012, uh, no, it wasn't 2012, I'll put the wrong date down here, Uh, I think it was about 2008, at SeaWorld in San Diego, um, Dawn Bracknow was dragged into the water by a killer whale that she'd trained. The whale grabbed her around the waist It dragged her into the pool. Terrified spectators looked on and within minutes she was drowned. It threw her around in the water just like a rag doll. On October 12, 2012, at Taronga Park Zoo in Sydney, a Thai elephant, they called Mr Shuffles, nice cute name for this great big elephant, He crushed 40-year-old Lucy Mallow. She did escape with her life, but you may have just seen recently on the TV, she's only just recovered enough to go back to work. There are all sorts of animals that we can train, huge, dangerous, wild animals, but sometimes the animals we think are under control show their true nature, as is the case in those two stories. They show that they really are wild and uncontrollable and deadly. And James wants to make the point that the tongue is just like that. We can think it is under control, that our words will only be safe and gentle and harmless and loving and light and all the nice things that we might think. But then, all of a sudden, without warning, the tongue tongue attacks and the results are devastating. James 3.10 says, Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, my sisters, that should not be. So as you remember to come to church this year, remember too that out of the same mouth should not come cursing and blessing. It should not be. There are so many things that we could talk about here today as stepping stones that might help us in the the year ahead. Time doesn't permit us to go into all of them. Let me give you another one. And this is why I had Graham read that reading in Acts. God does not show favouritism, so we should not. James 2 and 1 says, My brothers, as believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favouritism. 
James 2 and 9 says, but if you do show favouritism, you sin. If you do show favouritism, you sin. Romans 2 and 11 clearly says this, God does not show favouritism. That's all the verse says. God does not show favouritism. Discrimination and bias have no place uh, in the Christian's life and I want to tell you it has absolutely no place in this church. I am just so glad that we have the blessing of people from different nationalities and cultures worshipping with us here. And I look forward today when we are truly multicultural. Um, Now, I don't want to get into that whole debate about the boat people and the multiculturalism of our country, but I do believe that we should integrate together. Whether people adopt the principles and practices of this country, that's another debate and and I'm not suggesting that 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 ought not happen and that we ought not blend better together. We recognise there will be need for that or there is trouble ahead for this country. There's no question about that. But the very fact that we are different but one group of people worshipping together is of just such importance. And we are blessed to have a few people from different nationalities that worship here. Some Asian folks, some people from Indian backgrounds, some people from other ethnic types of backgrounds who worship with us. That's a wonderful thing. From the Philippines, from other countries. That's great and that's a blessing and we can learn from one another in that. And we need to be aware of that. Because you know, one day we will have to learn to do that if we don't learn it here on earth we are certainly going to know it when we get to heaven because most of the people in heaven surprise, surprise will not be white Anglo-Saxon Neville isn't that amazing? they will not be like most of us that are here today they will be from the subcontinent type countries they will be of Asian descent they will be of Indian descent because that's where the largest part of our brothers and sisters that make up the Christian church come from not the privileged few that happen to have grown up in the western world over this last hundred or so years or the two hundred and odd years that we celebrate Australia's Day Yes, we are very blessed to have that heritage but nonetheless the church is growing at such a rate today that we are in the minority. So we should learn to get on with one another and respect one another and value one another as we should. I am truly grateful that God does not show favouritism. Recognising that is liberating and it will free us for ministry this year in this church. It is easy to look around at others and identify the talent and appreciate the mighty ways that God's going to use that person. In the same way, it's easy to look at another person and determine that they are hopeless to be used by God to make any difference for his kingdom. That is not how God weighs it up. We as humans assign value to ability. However, the truth is God does not show favouritism. God is no respecter of persons. He has offered his son as a free and the free gift of salvation to every human being on the planet. We are all made in the image of God. Everybody is equal. We should never think that we are better than another. We should never show favouritism on the basis of race 
or on the basis of how a person looks or on the basis of whether we think that they have more gift and ability than others and yet we do. So we have to guard so much against that. Um, Regardless of who we are and the talents or the abilities that we possess or where we come from, God can use us. Regardless, you know, if people are second or third generation white Anglo-Saxon or one of the newest of the boat people that have just arrived in this country, God loves us equally, treats us equally and shows absolutely no favouritism one for the other. Now, in the reading in Acts 10, you need to read the whole chapter to get the story really in your mind and I want to encourage you to read it for yourself sometime over the coming week. You know, um, Peter came to a wonderful new discovery and if you read that story, you will understand what that discovery was. He says in verse 34 these words, I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism. Now, that was, that was absolutely revolutionary for Peter and uh, we'll talk a bit about that in a minute. Yesterday, Mari and I went into the city on the train to uh, have a look around and then see what was happening for Australia Day just in the afternoon. That was good. I saw a black penguin playing bagpipes. Not quite sure what that had to do with Australia Day. Uh, Some of the street performers down around South Bank, that was interesting. Had a look at all the old cars, Terry, up around Government House. That That was very interesting. You know the thing that really tickled me? There were there were these little Asian girls running around and they had the Union, uh, not the Union Jack, but the Australian flag as a little sticker on their cheeks. Um, there, were, there were two and three and four generations of people in the gardens having picnics and they weren't white Anglo-Saxon. They were of all different nationalities. There looked to be a lot of Middle Eastern people but they were all celebrating. They had their flag, the Australian flag, Uh, And it just made me realise that we can become so prejudiced so easily and yet that is not God's way. Have to be so careful. So be encouraged today that you are blessed, you are loved and you're highly favoured by God and he has chosen you. But so he has everybody else. Uh, Not for the value that the world assigns to you as he chosen you but because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Being valued by God and by his son far outweighs anything else that the world has to offer. This year, treat each other with dignity and respect. Recognise each of us uh, as we gather here has much to give to the life of this church and value each other. If you do no more than value each of the people that you worship with here in this church each year, uh, each week more than you did before, that will be a good thing. Now Peter discovered a whole new world outside of his Jewish upbringing and suddenly uh, another world opened up to him and he found himself with a whole new set of friends. He found himself, you know, it must have been really interesting for Peter because after he had that vision 
and he went to Cornelius' house. Could you just imagine what it must have been like for Peter? Uh, Graham and Elizabeth have travelled a lot with their ministry and they've been into lots of different houses around the world and different cultures. We've had the privilege of doing that. Many of you have had that privilege. Um, Peter was Jewish. I have never, I have never been in a Gentile's house. And here he is, he finds himself at Cornelius' house. Probably didn't even know what Gentiles had in their houses. Microwaves and all those sorts of things. They probably didn't know that. So just imagine how Peter's world must have been opening up. Um, then there was the food. Who, who, who likes the traditional uh, um, veggies and, uh, and meat? Oh, yeah, there's a few nods, mainly the old one. Now, who likes some of the, the Asian foods and all the new stuff that we get to play with? Oh, yeah, it's very good. You only have to walk down uh, Victoria Street in uh, Brunswick and that there to, uh, uh, to just get a feel for the differences that are in this country. Now, Peter, imagine what it must have been like for Peter because the Lord had already told him there, you can go and try all these new things. So, that must have been life-changing for him. All the stuff that he could eat that he couldn't eat before and suddenly discovered when he... This is the interesting thing. You know, when he discovered that he could eat it, it didn't kill him. Isn't that amazing? Like, but he had this heritage that told him, you cannot do that. And God blew that all away because God doesn't show favouritism. He, uh, he, he, he treated everybody equally. Hey, but then it got really serious for Peter because they said, we robbed, could you imagine what this must have been like? They said, we like the message. This is a great message. We want to be baptised. Oh, Peter would <laughs> could you imagine what that must have been like, Rap, for Peter to say, if I baptise you, don't tell them back at the synagogue that I've done it. Like, See, that's how silly it is, isn't it? But that's what it must have been like for Peter. Just revolutionary to recognise that that all people were equal and God was treating them the same. And and he had this wonderful opportunity to reach out to this new group of people and it opened up a new world to him. So be encouraged that you are indeed uh, greatly blessed by by what, uh, what God has done. Treat uh, this year, treat each other with the dignity and the respect that they deserve. Being part of this family is not about you, it's about us. Uh, loving, honouring, serving, encouraging one another in the year ahead, respecting and nurturing our relationships together. The list of these things that we could focus on is endless but the time is all but gone. We said we're having an early service but I've got news for you, it's a normal service uh, but I will finish shortly. I've got got quite a list of things I could talk about but the time is gone. Let me give you a couple more quickly. Colossians uh, Colossians 3 and verse 13 says this, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Do you need to mend a broken relationship this year? Uh, Chances are some people here today will have a broken relationship with somebody and they need to do something about that. Um, I want to tell you the story about a friend of mine. Uh, This friend I've known for more than 30 years and, uh, and I had worked with this friend 
and probably 10 or so, a little bit more than that, years ago, 